Hello, creeps. I'll be your ghost. I mean host. As we delve the crypts of spooky movies and even spookier theory. Welcome to Horror Vanguard. Happy Let's Ghoul Tide <laughs> greetings, dear listeners of the Horror Vanguard Crypt. This is your seasonally appropriate holiday episode. Uh, cu- coming at you rosy-cheeked and full of cheer, I am Ashley. Like, but then in parentheses, it's like Santa's sleigh, the Goldberg movie where he stars as the evil Santa that's the son of Satan. Great, love it, love per- everything about it. Perfect. I didn't. I did not have to work too hard to put that together. I'm joined as always by the one, the only John, aka the Liquor Guy. How's it going, John? The Lit Christmas Guy. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's hey, we we did really. It's a lot harder to do Christmas names than it is Halloween names. No, this is undeniably true. I think this is undeniably true. There's just less Christmas iconography to work with, I feel, especially in cinematic terms. I think that's, I, again, you can't really argue with that. Uh, it's very it's very problematic that we have so little to work with, you know, uh, in terms of the art and aesthetics of this time of year. There's barely <laughs> anything that happens. Really, really, truly, truly, it is a, it is a dark time of year. And we, we are... I don't know. I don't know because Christmas and Halloween are engaged in like this perpetual like territory war. But but just just like World War One, dear listeners, that is the boss's war. You and I don't need to fight a war on behalf of capital. <laughs> let 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 spirit Halloween and the the I don't know Marshall's Christmas Isle duke it out on their own. You know oh, we absolutely. we have different battles to fight. Is this this is this is like me getting jailed for not taking a side in the Halloween Christmas war? <laughs> uh, or, or being seen as a defector from the spirit Halloween cadre. <laughs> My Yule pacifism takes do not go over well. Uh, well, it, it's the it's the most wonderful time of the year, as the song goes, and um, as every time of year has, it has its own share of uh horror movies so as always in december we try and do at least one or two seasonally appropriate horror films and today we're talking honestly this is kind of a bit this is like this is this is just going to be fun this is going to be a relaxing episode so pour yourself a pour yourself a a a glass of something warm and cozy uh hot chocolate makes everything better as this film teaches us (laughs) um and and maybe gather with your family uh that you secretly hate around the log fire as ash as ash tells us that wonderful christmas story of what 2015's film krampus is really about i just before i jump into this i just got a wonderful vision of people like passing the ox at the family christmas gathering and it's like (laughs) classic christmas tunes and then like the like young queer upstart obvious communist gets the ox and they're like haha i'm gonna put on a horror vanguard episode okay, I'm gonna put on a, who put this on <laughs> oh so sleigh bells and it's and ring. it's just it's just our it's just our like nearly two hour long episode about it's a wonderful life <laughs> <laughs> you said one song dad it's technically one it's a single track <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, here we go. In our current moment, it's hard to see Krampus as more than another confluence of capital cashing in on some recognizable brand and a surging trend in holiday horror cinema. You can get a Krampus Funko Pop, you can binge watch a montage of near endless Krampus movies on streaming platforms of your choice. Yet, we risk losing sight of our proximity to Santa's counterpart. As much as a Yule gift economy maps onto socialist thinking, so too does a dire warning echoing from the past. From 1933 to 1938, Austria was ruled by the Vaterlander Front, or the Fatherland Front in English, a Christo-fascist party that would ultimately be dissolved into Nazi Germany after their annexing of Austria. During the rule of the VF, one of their side activities, if you will, was engaging in a proto-culture war against the popularity of Krampus. The fascist Austrian government attempted to tamp down on the popularity of Krampus as they saw this figure as a pre-Christian, anti-Catholic threat to their cultural hegemony. Krampus never quite saw a day as a banner figure of fascist resistance, yet. The folkloric histories of Krampus have surged up again at another moment of rising fascist influence in politics. So we, the spooky Yuletide public, have been handed an opportunity. Just as the Babadook slotted into queer iconography, so too can the Krampus become a standard bearer of anti-fascist unity. Fascist ideology is pivoted entirely on structuring widespread public fears. What better figure to reclaim control over discursive fear than the cloven counterpart to Good Saint Nick? This is not to say we have to abandon Sinterklaus himself, as they are both folkloric figures predisposed to the socialist cause. Krampus, as a figure, is ready to leap into the arms of the left. Krampus is loaded with subaltern coatings, queer energies, and historic potentials. Why leave such a gift unopened? Can you hear the heavy trod of hooves and the tinkling of bells? Listen closely as we discuss Krampus. Yes, 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 yes indeed. Um, where, my dear friend, would you like to begin? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like, uh, Krampus is completely necessary, right? Um, when, so hope and belief, um, both of these are presented as abstracts, but are actually incredibly concrete things because it's ideas that inspire action, right? If what you believe is a determinant of how you will behave in the world. And hope is not simply a passive belief, but is actually agential and implies a sense of like uh, purpose in action as well. So it's like there is something kind of the, the, the like the very opening credit sequence of this film presents Christmas as something kind of like grotesque and awful. And there is a grotesquerie in like the over-engineered perfection of the house and like the obsession with like performance and ritual without any actual engagement or like social togetherness and i think the very beautiful thing about the utopian impulse of krampus is to uh think about what happens to all of those perfect houses what happens to them they get destroyed um they get they and they get turned into what they always already were which is a prison it's a prison for the family you not you can't be genuinely together there because you're trapped there and it's like actually Hope and belief is not mediated by the performance of certain social rituals, but is determined by the utopian impulse within genuine human action and communality. 
We hope you've enjoyed the Dread Discourse. Until next week, stay spooky.